Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. West League champion. Adios! Walk off home run. Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. Gosh, normally this time of the year, I'm starting to figure out what's our magic number for making the playoffs. Well, this is kind of water to the face if you're a Cardinal fan this year with St. Louis in a very unfamiliar place, at least for a while, in last place in the National League Central and looking to be sellers at the trade deadline. Darren Pritchett back with you. Second hour, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. It's great to have back on the program Kyle Reese, who covers the Cardinals, their minor league system, does great work on his Twitter account with highlights of all the minor leaguers. And you can find him on the Birds on the Black podcast, and I'm just looking for help to get through the summer. So, Kyle, it's your job to make everything better tonight. Can you do that? Boy, I I absolutely (laughs) cannot, but uh, we'll get close, maybe. (laughs) Well, it's good to talk to you, and I really appreciate you doing this, and It takes a while to kind of set this up, but let me just throw this at you. A few years ago, the Cardinals had really no one in the middle of their offensive lineup to do damage, so they traded prospects for Marcelo Zuna and his bad shoulder. That didn't necessarily work out. All the pitchers had become really good at the major league level. So they're kind of in scramble mode, and they fell in love with Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, so they kind of gave up on Randy Rosarena and Adolis Garcia, who were in the All-Star game. So this season, has it been building for a while, or do you think, even though those things happen, this is just one of those years where things just fell apart? It's a combination of both to me. You know, uh, I think last year, one of the last things we talked about uh, when I was lucky enough to be on your program, we were expressing some concern with the internal pitching options. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel like that's really manifested. That, that's part A in all of this, uh, first and foremost. They, the Cardinals didn't really do much to address some pitching, pitching issues because they believed in their internal options. And those internal options were probably evaluated a little wrong or given a little too much credit. So they had pitching issues uh, within the organization. And then I think when you get to the outfielders like you're talking about, I definitely think there's some building there. Uh, I definitely think that maybe they've chosen uh, some of the wrong guys. Uh, you know, it's so tough when you're talking about the, the major league level coming up with COVID. But I do think that, and I'm not try- I am not trying to give them a, a way out here. I think that they've had a lot of things that are uncharacteristic of them over the last couple of years happen. You know, I think specifically with all the blown saves, mm-hmm. where you know, like you bring you bring Ryan Helsley in when it's not a save opportunity, and he's lights out. And then the, he gets a save opportunity and he blows it. And the reverse, the same thing happens with uh, Giovanni Gallego. It's he comes in, he's great, comes in for a save, uh, save chance and blows it. Yeah. And then you see a lot of the advanced metrics that say the Cardinals, who used to be a top five defensive team, uh, specifically on the offense, are one of the worst teams at converting ground balls into outs. 
which to me is mind blowing. So to me, there's a little bit of luck there. But then the opposite of that is they're, they were also one of the worst teams in outfield defense. And they did that to themselves with some of the personnel decisions that they made while, uh, you know, O'Neill and Carlson were hurt in particular. And also why O'Neill was in center field, uh, which, which also kind of hurt them in the long run. So uh, to me, it's a combination of self-inflicted wounds caused by both personnel decisions uh, and in-game decisions coupled along with maybe some of their, their roster decisions there. Kyle, I'm going to be the first to admit that I was wrong about something. During the time I was broadcasting South Bend Cub games, I called six Bowling Green Hot Rod games featuring Matthew Libertor. And before he was a Cardinal, he was my favorite pitcher that year, had an unbelievable breaking ball, a fastball up in the zone players couldn't hit. At times he would change his delivery and make it really quick and throw people off. I loved him. And when the Cardinals got him, I was celebrating. I thought they did a tremendous job of getting a really good pitcher out of the Tampa Bay system. Well, I was dead wrong because he, up until this moment, has not been able to get it done at the major league level. Now I wish I had Shane McClanahan, but that's a story for a different day. But I'm leading to this. The Cardinals for so long under LaRusa and Duncan, Dave Duncan was the master of taking an average pitcher and turning him into a guy that you could count on for six, seven innings Every night, I think about the year they won the World Series in 06. Jeff Weaver, who was DFA'd by the Angels, came to St. Louis and was absolutely magnificent for them. Do you think St. Louis has just relied too much on a pitching model of contact and not strikeouts? Is that now starting to bite them, and do you think that's something they have to change? Well, I think the very nature of uh, getting contact over striking someone out we know uh, all the data, all the studying shows us that the only sure way to get somebody out is to strike them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when, when you start introducing batted ball data in, then you, the luck becomes a little bit more of the outlier. The, the luck changes. Batted ball luck changes. So I think if you're, if you're trying to, if your goal is to get people to make contact, you want them to make soft contact. Uh, and I think where the Cardinals have gotten lost is, it's not even so much that they're allowing contact. It's just there's a lot of hard contact. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think back to those, those days like you're talking about with, with La Russa and Duncan, and I don't really remember it. You know, I was, I was in my teens and, you know, a little earlier, and, like, I don't have as great of a memory about how they changed Luke Weaver, got the most out of Jeff Supon, or, yep. you know, uh, Garrett Stevenson turned him in, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, all, all, like, all those guys. Like, they all had successful since. Todd Wellemeyer. You know, they weren't great. Uh, Joel Pinero, now I'm just going to keep naming people. But, uh, <laughs> like, they, they weren't great, but the Cardinals got the most out of them. I can't exactly say how that all happened. It did seem like it was an emphasis on keeping the ball down. Yep. But I don't ever remember there being a sufficient amount of hard contact. And when, you're, when your pitchers are allowing hard contact and they aren't working within the zone uh, the way that they need to work within the zone, not just leaving the ball at the middle, then you're inviting this type of luck change. And that's what we've seen out of the Cardinals, uh, especially with the starting pitchers. Now, it's been nice to see the starting pitching turn itself around in the last month, you know, last month-ish, you know. Uh, but to me, like, that, that is it. I think if you're, if you're doing everything you can to create contact, instead of striking out, then you are, in, instead of striking out hitters, you are inviting a certain amount of uh, luck. You're hoping for a certain amount of luck. And luck is exactly that. You cannot guarantee that. So I do. I, I think there's an emphasis on, on at least 
some type of increased stuff, an increased stuff model, or a uh, an emphasis on adding guys who strike people out. And the one thing that probably none of us can figure out and how it factors in, when Mike Schilt was the manager, the defense, the base running improved significantly. And under Ali Marmol, things have tailed off. Is it the player? Is it the emphasis? I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that, but I think that's something at least mentioned, worth mentioning. But let me get back to the pitching for a second. You watch a ton of minor league baseball. Tank Hintz is the guy I think the St. Louis fans are kind of counting on to maybe turn the tide in the rotation in the next year and a half. He's now at double-A. But also there's some guys at triple-A. Are they more the contact guys, or do you think they are individuals that might be able to help this rotation next year when this new-look Cardinal team takes the field for the first time? I think uh, I think it's kind of a mixed bag, right? So the, at triple-A, the two names that you kind of focus on are Michael McGreevy and Gordon Graceffo. Graceffo has missed a bunch of time this year because of injury. So we're still learning about him. We're learning about the changes he's made. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't exactly great before he went on the IL, but we're learning about him. Now, he does have the chance to be a strikeout guy. Maybe not necessarily uh, an elite strikeout guy, but he has the stuff there. And with a little toying with maybe his mechanics, because there's still word on the street that he tips uh, his fastball slider uh, away from his curve changeup. Uh, I, I, I have not seen enough to be able to tell that. But uh, with a little tweak to his fastball, maybe a little tweak to his mechanics, there, there is starting pitcher strikeout sustainability there. And I think at like a 23 to 25% uh, percent rate, which is fine. Like that, that'll, that'll get the job done. That's kind of what you're looking for, especially with as loud as his stuff can be. Uh, so it's there, but we need to see him get healthy and we need to see him make just a few tweaks. Michael McGreevy, there's no strikeout there. That's, his main issue is that he just doesn't strike guys out. So his strikeout percentage at AAA, which being a AAA for where he's at, is still just a little aggressive. So you have to kind of keep that in mind uh, where, he, where he is at in his development. But like that's a sub, I, I want to say it's a sub 18% strikeout rate. Uh, it's definitely a sub 20% strikeout rate. And when you watch him in person or on television, uh, you see that, he gets he fools people with his slider. His his sinker slider combo is actually pretty good, and his arm speed and deception that he creates with his arm speed and throwing motion uh, helps both the sinker and the slider play up. But they're still designed for contact. You know, I've been quick to say that he's some combo right now. Uh, this this could all change with a really great off season or with development and getting stronger. But right now, he's some weird conglomeration in my mind of like Luke Weaver and Dakota Hudson. Mm. You know, I, I don't think. You know, when they, were, when they were just coming up, because Luke Weaver was a command prospect um, that lost command and didn't have a third pitch. But, like, he has the minor league command of Luke Weaver, but he also has, like, the sinker-slider combo of Dakota Hudson. Hmm. Uh, but he doesn't have that, that terrible, terrible command of Dakota Hudson that, you know, uh, that dates back to even when he was having ERA success. Because a lot of his success, getting back to the last point, was based on luck. You know, I, I remember being frustrated with him even when he was good because of how slow he'd work, how long those uh, the counts would be, and how he'd have, like, two 30-pitch innings sandwiched between two nine-pitch innings, getting double plays and getting a lot of luck. So uh, I guess my point with that is that there's still too much luck in his mm -hmm. game. And he's not, he's not, it's not manifesting itself in ERA. But when you're, when you're striking out guys less than 20% of the time, uh, when – 
there's still a substantial amount of hard contact against you, even if it's on the ground. It, what ends up happening is that's the, the clock for disaster kind of speeds up a little bit quicker. Sure. Um, doesn't mean that you'll get there quicker, but it just it speeds up a little quicker. So he needs to work on developing a third pitch, uh, maybe finding something else. But uh, his command is really good. It's just a matter of like him finding a way to strike out more people. And I think that would come with using the curveball a little bit more personally. But right now it's mostly just sinker slider. So. Talking about the St. Louis Cardinals with Kyle Reese on the – he can find him on the Birds on the Black podcast. And I got to say this. It's really funny. I don't know Cardinal fans are frustrated, and, and I get it. But the same fan who says they should fire John Mosellock, the head of baseball operations, 30 seconds later, I can't wait for the trade deadline because Mo's going to get rid of these players and bring all these players and things are going to get better. Well, I don't know if you can have it both ways. I mean, Mo has struggled in areas that we've talked about, but he's not going anywhere. Two-year extension to wrap up his tenure with the Cardinals. He's going to remain the guy in charge of this organization. And I take a look at online. Yankee fans are convinced they're getting Nolan Arenado for like Jose Trevino, Josh Donaldson, and a Lou Gehrig jersey. But that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. But they are going to make changes. Who do you think on the St. Louis roster has very few days left wearing the birds on the bat, realistically? Yeah, to me, it starts with the guys who are free agents after this year. So that's, I mean, at the top of the list, Montgomery, Flaherty, and Hicks. Um, you know, I would think that those are the guys that the Cardinals would feel most comfortable moving. Uh, I don't think, I think Montgomery's kind of interesting. I think that they will – I might be in the minority here, but I think they'll hold on to Montgomery if do they too. don't think that they're going to get a good enough – exactly, right? If they don't get a good enough return for what they want for him because he's probably their best trade ship that they might actually trade. You know, I, the, the Nolan Gorman and uh, Brendan Donovan of it all is kind of interesting still. But, like, um, uh, of the guys that they're actually, like, really going to trade, I don't, I don't think they'll trade him unless they get the return that they want because they can offer him the qualifying offer, and that's mm-hmm. a very valuable pick for them. Uh, so the, I, I still think it's Flaherty, Montgomery, and Hicks. I think Jordan. I think I think taking Jordan Hicks down to the trade deadline is going to be key for them because I think there's going to be a lot of desperate teams looking for somebody like Jordan Hicks, and I, I can't help but think that they have a chance to maybe do some high. And I love Jordan Hicks. I don't mean this negatively towards sure. him, but like they could do some highway robbery there. They could really put a team over the barrel and, and get the most out of them. But for for me, like those are the three. Uh, that, that come to my mind. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about uh, Ryan Helsley. I, I would not trade Ryan Helsley. I think I think you're better off trading Giovanni Gallegos and figuring it out from there. Um, it doesn't seem like the Cardinals are interested in trading Tommy Edmond or Lars Nupar. Uh, for me personally, I wish they would explore Edmond, and I understand mm-hmm. Nupar. But, uh, all, you know, all that being said, I think, I think it just really boils down to those three. I think that there will be more, but I think when it's all said and done, uh, as we manage our expectations, because I think it's kind of important to manage our expectations mm-hmm. going into the deadline, you, you, you have to look at those those three as their biggest chips that make the most sense for them to move. Final question for you, and it's going to be a two-part question. Number one, if you had your say, where would you put Jordan Walker defensively? Where, where on the field gives him the best chance to succeed? And the second part is, eventually Paul DeYoung's going to be traded or his contract's going to run out and they're going to have a new shortstop. Are you confident Mason Wynn, who's at AAA right now, can be an everyday player? I read some of these so-called experts say he doesn't have enough power. That's going to hurt him at the plate. Your thoughts on those two storylines? Well, I'll start with Mason, if that's okay. I yeah. think 
I think he's still developing his bat, obviously. And But if you're asking me if he's going to be able to handle the rigors of playing shortstop on a daily basis, I have no doubt about that. I, I have absolutely no doubt about that. I think he's going to be impressive. There'll be a few more rough moments early on than people understand right now, but those will go away with time. You know, he... When he, when he throttles his arm back, he struggles sometimes to throw the ball. Uh, it, so that kind of plays against him sometimes. But other than that, like, he's, he's uh, really close to being a major league-ready shortstop, tailor-made. And, uh, you know, be, because of that, I do think he's probably within a year away from being able to take on that role. I would like for them to be a little bit more conservative, le- learn from some of their aggressive mistakes in the past, and, and try their hardest to create – a situation in which um, he can come up and immediately succeed instead of being in a position where he, he has to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then as far as Jordan Walker goes, I'm, I am on the, I'm on the out with this one. I am a little bit different. I personally believe after watching him play left and right, uh, he, look, he is, he's obviously more comfortable in right. He's, he obviously gets better reads and right, but he's still terrible in right field. Yeah. Um, to, you know, I, and I hate to be that way. Yeah. I, he, he, he has not made progress the way that I thought he would make progress. A year ago, I was the guy who was saying, put him in center. Like, we're seeing bigger and better and more athletic players play uh, out in the outfield and, and play center. Like, let's see. Let's just get him out there and see what it looks like. Well, yeah, he's not, you know, he's just not athletic. He doesn't have the feel for outfield to play center. And he gets such poor reads in the corners. For me, the right field position is way more important than the left field position, Agreed. and I'm probably wrong about that. And when you talk to me, you know, some players, they tell you it's harder to read the ball in left or in right field than it is left, and that's the key sometimes, the way that the ball slices. So I think it's more important for the Cardinals uh, before, you know, for these next couple of weeks uh, to, to have their best defense there. And to me, that puts Jordan Walker out in left. That puts uh, Lars Newbar in right and Dylan Carlson in center. And I, like – that's that's the winning success if those are the three outfielders that you're going to run out there because that maximizes the potential of the the outfield to chances that they're getting. Uh, I I do understand that like if if they want Jordan Walker to be their long term right fielder once you get past the trade deadline and once you're into August and you're 15 games out and you want to run him out there and right and just give him the rest of the year to see how he adapts and adjusts to it I I'm totally fine with that but. Right now, if the Cardinals are still focused on winning and they're still putting still focused on putting him in the best chance to help them win, uh, as he starts to adjust to left field, as he starts getting better reads in left field because he hadn't really ever played left field, uh, as he's getting more time, and in my opinion, he's made longer or uh, bigger strides in left than he has in right in such a short period of time. Uh, I think left is the best position for him until there's no need to try to win anymore. I'm with you 100. percent I agree 100%. And, of course, today I look at the lineup. Walker is in right field yeah. and Newt Bar's in left. So, of course, we know what we're talking about. Hey, maybe we're right, Kyle, and they're wrong. That's probably right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, let, let's stick with that. That's a good way to end a, go into a weekend, right? Yeah, no, we're right. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we're absolutely right. I was wrong about Libertor, so I'll eat that. But, hey, I, we're going to be right about everything else. That's for sure. Kyle, thanks for doing this. Really enjoy your work on Twitter and really appreciate you taking some time to talk to the Cardinal fans. There are a bunch here in South Bend as we try to make it through a very awkward summer that we're not used to. And you can catch Kyle on the Birds on the Black podcast. Really appreciate it. And I'll I'll talk to you on Twitter sometime soon. Darren, it's an absolute pleasure every time, man. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Kyle Reese joining me here on WSBT Radio 624 at WSBT. 
Looking to take your business career? Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 